I'm reading from 1 Kings chapter 1, verses 11 to 13. 1 Kings chapter 1, verses 11 to 13. It reads as follows. Then Nathan said to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, Have you not heard that Adonijah, son of Haggath, has become king, and our Lord David does not know it? Now please come and let me advise you. Save your life and the life of your son Solomon. Go approach King David and say to him, My Lord the king, did you not swear to your servant, your son Solomon is to become king after me, and he is the one who is to sit on my throne? So why has Adonijah become king? Now, King David, in this story, when you start reading in 1 Kings chapter 1, King David was old at this time. He was actually on his deathbed, you know, and his son, Adonijah, because he knew what was happening with King David, his son, Adonijah, decided, let me crown myself king. Let me get those who support me. Let us have a party and say, long live King Adonijah. And he knew that Solomon was supposed to be made king. But still he went ahead and declared himself as king. And what happens before we get to verse 11 is that Adonijah had invited all his royal brothers, all the men of Judah and the servants of the king to this particular coronation party. But there are people that he didn't invite. He did not invite those who did not support him. And that included Nathan. That included Benaiah, the warriors of David, and he didn't invite Solomon either because he knew who the king was supposed to be. But he was basically saying, ah, that doesn't matter. I'm going to do what I want to do. And what Adonijah was, was a promise stealer. And at some stage in your life, and maybe for some of us this has happened already, you're going to encounter someone who wants to take away what God has promised you. You're going to encounter someone who's going to try and steal what should have been yours. Whether they want to take the promotion, take the job, take the credit, whatever it is, they want to take what it is that God has promised you. And whether it's an actual person or whether it is the enemy, there are promise stealers that you and I will encounter in life. And the problem with promise stealers is that it impacts your destiny. If you look at Solomon, who was supposed to be made king when we read in this first chapter here, yet his brother comes and says, no, I'm going to be made king. That was a big impact on Solomon's destiny. And I want you to know that when promise stealers come, what happens at that particular moment is not what God wants for your life. In other words, as far as God is concerned, his promise still stands. And just because a promise stealer comes, it doesn't suddenly mean that that promise is null and void. So what do you do when this happens? Number one, get wise counsel. Now, the prophet Nathan, this is where we came in with our reading today. He saw what was going on, but he didn't just leave it at that. Nathan realized that for God's promises and God's plan to come to pass over Israel, Solomon would need to be made king and not Adonijah. 
And Nathan didn't just back down because suddenly there was a new king coming down the line who didn't like him. No, Nathan said, I have to do something about this. And just as an aside, Nathan was a prophet, right? And in the Bible, prophets are also called watchmen. And what watchmen do is they hear the word of the Lord and then they go and they warn the people. So that's what Ezekiel 33 verse 7 says. Son of man, I've made you a watchman for the people of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. Now, when you just look at a normal definition of a watchman, their primary duty is to thwart illegal activity at the employer's property. They are charged with protecting the employee, the employer, the customers, the clients, and the residents from harm. So you can see that is part of the role of what Nathan was actually doing here. He thwarted the illegal activity of Adonijah. And that's what you need, need to realize when the promised stealers come. They are not operating under God's authority. They are operating illegally in your life. And you as a believer, you have the spiritual right to say, "Uh uh-uh, devil, you are operating illegally here. You are not allowed to do this. And then you need to do what Nathan did. You need to get a word from God that will thwart the illegal activity of the enemy. Now, whether you play the role of the watchman or whether you have trusted godly men and women of God who fulfill that role and also can speak into your life, you need to go to them for wise counsel and heed their warning, even if it doesn't feel comfortable, even if it pushes you out of your comfort zone. That's, you know, when God speaks to you in these situations, it's going to mean you're going to have to step out of that comfort zone and step out of the convenience because it is worth fighting for the promise. Don't just give it up. Don't just let it go. When God speaks and you get that warning, do what God says. Heed the counsel that you are given because what God will do is he will reveal what the enemy is doing. He will show you what it is you need to do and that is how you're going to thwart the illegal activity of the enemy and I pray that even now God would show you where illegal activity has been happening in your life because of where the enemy or even people have come in and they've tried to steal the promise and maybe you haven't acted or done anything I want you to know even now even if it happened ages ago even now that promise still stands and even now you can get wise counsel and even now you can thwart the illegal activity of the enemy in the name of Jesus. It is your right as a child of God. So what Nathan actually also did is that he became a catalyst in Solomon's life and in his destiny. And you and I, we need to pray for the catalysts in our lives. We need to ask the Lord to send the catalysts into our lives who will come alongside us to make sure and to help us in whichever way it is that God has planned for them to help us so that the promise can come to pass. Because the thing is, God is still working on your behalf even when it looks like that promise has been stolen or even when it looks like that promise is dead. You know, Solomon, we don't hear anything from Solomon in this first few chapters. We don't hear what he's done. We don't hear how he's feeling. It's like, you know, it's almost like he's just underground. But he needed these catalysts because God will still work on your behalf 
even when you don't know what to do. That's why we need the catalysts to start setting things in motion because those are the people whom God will send to help us to be restored in the name of Jesus. So be encouraged that God is still working on your behalf. I pray in Jesus' name that God sends you the catalysts that you need in your life, whatever their position of authority is, but that they come now in the name of Jesus because God is working for you. Nathan and Bathsheba were catalysts in Solomon's life here and they were catalysts for his restoration. May the Lord send catalysts for your restoration in the name of Jesus. God wants you to be restored. So number one, get wise counsel. Number two, take it to the king. That's actually the title of today's sermon. It's called Take It to the King. So 1 Kings 1.15 says that Bathsheba went to the king in his bedroom. When promised stealers attack you, get into the secret place with the Lord. Get into that private place. Get into his presence. Go into the Holy of Holies. Worship the Lord. Pray. Spend time in his word. Spend time listening to what God is telling you. But get into the secret place with the Lord. Don't just talk about the problem to everybody. Once you've gotten your wise counsel, you know what? You don't need to talk to anyone else. You don't need to go speak to everyone about how unfair the situation is, how you've been done in, how bad it is. And everything that comes out is just negative and moaning and grumbling and complaining. And you talk yourself into anger that leads to sin. You talk yourself into bitterness. You talk yourself into into acts of malice. You know, you talk yourself into a pity party. Don't do that. Once you've gotten that wise counsel, because those really are the only people you need to consult, you go straight to God, you know. And even first, I would say, go straight to God. You are not a victim. You know why? Because the king of kings is on your side. He fights for you. He is with you amongst those who help you. And he will fight against the enemy for you. You are not stuck in your situation when God is on your side and when you take it to the king in the name of Jesus. God never loses a battle. Never, ever, ever, ever. That's why you take it straight to him. Because when he fights for you, you will never be defeated in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Take your issue straight to the king. Don't let bitterness and resentment mess you up. Uh Uh-uh. Go straight to the Lord. Both Bathsheba and Nathan went and they told David about what Adonijah was doing. But they didn't just stop there. They said, but Lord, here's the promise that you gave me. And when we come to the Lord, we can do the same thing. We can say, God, this situation, these people, whatever it is has happened. But God, you promised and your word says this. God, I'm I'm sick. This disease keeps on recurring. But Lord, your word to me is that you are going to heal me. For 
by the stripes of Jesus I am healed. Father, people have laid hands on me and they've prayed for me. And your word says that when, when believers lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Your promise says I must be healed and recover. Even though I see the sickness in my body, Father, I, I, I remind myself and I bring this promise before you again. I'm bringing it to you, King of Kings. Now you must act, my God, in the name of Jesus. Don't bury the promise and don't forget about the promise just because you've been attacked. Don't stop believing that that promise will still come to pass. Even if things happen to the contrary, even if it's been like that for a long time, I want to encourage you today, renew your hope. May the Holy Spirit pour out hope in your hearts now so that you still hold on to the promise as you did at first. This was David's response to them. 1 Kings 1, 29 to 30. The king swore an oath and said, As the Lord lives who has redeemed my life from every difficulty, just as I swore to you by the God of Israel, your son Solomon is to become king after me, and he is the only one who is to sit on the throne in my place. That is exactly what I will do this very day. We take our matters to the king because the promise still stands and the Lord is faithful to fulfill it. That is what David was saying. What I said I was going to do for Solomon, it still stands and I am going to make sure it happens. And the same happens when we come to God that we don't just remind him of the problem, but we remind him of the promise even more, right? That promise must come to pass because no word can return to the Lord void. We take our matters to the king because the king is the one who has the ultimate authority to establish that promise. The king has the ultimate power to stop those who stand against you. The king has the ultimate authority and power to undo what the enemy has done. The king has the ultimate power to restore you. The king has the ultimate power to bring things back in line with a promise where things have just gone haywire. No matter what the enemy has done, no matter what people have done to try and destroy you, no matter what has happened in your life, and maybe even no matter what you have done, when you take it to the king, when you decide to return to him, and you say, Jesus, I need your help. God, here's your promise. You see the situation. Only you have the power to do something about this. Our God has the authority and the power to change it all hallelujah no other man if you take it to them can do what the king of kings can do and if you've been taking your problems and your issues to the wrong place today decide i'm gonna take it to the king even when we're done with the sermon even right now lord whatever the problem is that we are facing wherever promise stealers have come god right now we're bringing it to you we're not going to discuss it with people any longer father we're bringing it to you come in with your authority come in with your power and change things for us in line with your promise so that it will be fulfilled in jesus name and right now, I want to encourage you. 
that if maybe you have strayed from the Lord in any way, maybe you don't even know him, you've never asked the King of Kings to come into your life, so you've never taken anything to him. Right now, you can return to him. You can return to the King of Kings, and he's waiting for you. All we need to do is to repent and return to him with all our hearts. Yes, then we commit to changing our ways, not in our own strength, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. Right now, if you've backslidden, if you've never known the Lord as your Savior, I encourage you to return to the King, to return to the Lord. And all you have to do is simply say, Lord God, I believe you sent Jesus Christ to earth so that he could die for my sins on the cross. Jesus was buried and after three days he rose from the dead. And right now, Jesus, he is alive. He's ascended to heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And I, when I believe this and receive the Lord Jesus into my life, I am born again. Come and wash me in the blood. Father, forgive me for all my sins. Come and cleanse me. Make me a child of God. And I bring myself to the King right now in Jesus almighty name and when you can bring yourself to the king believe me you can bring any matter to the king of kings so number one seek wise counsel number two take it to the king and then number three it takes two and the key thing about understanding what i've been talking about today is that as a believer you and i operate in two worlds We operate in the spiritual world and we operate in the natural or the physical world, the one that we can see around us here on earth. If you only seek answers and solutions to your problems in the natural, your breakthrough is limited to the limits of the natural world. And it won't be the fullness and the full blessing and the full breakthrough that God wants you to have. When you only look towards the natural to try and solve and deal with things in your life as a believer, you don't experience the abundant life that Jesus promised us. And that is the key to understand that our answers to whatever happens to us in life must always be birthed in the spirit. And then we take action by faith in the physical world or in the natural. And that is how you tap into the divine fullness of the blessing and the breakthrough that God has for you. Because remember your promise is of a spiritual nature. So when a thing comes or happens to steal that promise, you can't only fix it in the natural. You have to take it to the spiritual because that's its source. If you want to start living the abundant life that Jesus has for you, you need to operate in both worlds. You need to decide today, I'm not just going to deal with problems from a natural humanistic perspective anymore. I'm going to take it to the king. I'm going to take it into the spiritual realm. And then when God speaks and gives me direction, I'm going to act in faith and do works of faith so that my breakthrough can come in its fullness. That's what we want. The fullness of the blessing, not only part of the blessing. Don't limit your blessing to the natural only. So we read in 1 Kings 2.15, Adonijah, you know, after now Solomon is crowned king and is instated as king. 
Adonijah obviously is afraid because he knows what he did was wrong. So he kind of like wants to talk to Solomon, but he's too scared. So he goes to Solomon's mom, Bathsheba, and he makes a request of her. But this is one of the things he says. He says, all Israel expected me to be king. But then kingship was turned over to my brother. And listen to this. For the Lord gave it to him. For the Lord gave the kingship to Solomon. For the Lord had promised that the kingship would be Solomon's. And Adonijah understands that it is God who gave the kingship to Solomon. And what we need to understand is that if God has promised us something, number one, he's going to make sure that that it happens in our lives. And number two, there are going to be people who still think you don't deserve it. There are going to be people who still think you shouldn't have it, you're not qualified, whatever it is that they think, and they think that it should come to them. They will still think that, just like Adonijah still thought that. But you know what? God doesn't think like that. Their thinking is actually out of line with what God wanted to do. If God has promised it for you or to you, you can count on it and you can fight for it. Because God's ruling will overrule whatever man might have said or thought about you in the name of Jesus. God qualifies. God gives the promotion. God gives the favor. God opens the doors. And when he decides to do it for you, there is nothing that man can do about it, no matter what they think or no matter what they say. Because when God gives you something, no man can overturn it in the name of Jesus. No man can stop the promise when you take the problem to the king and when you remind the king about the promise that he has given you. Remember that you operate Operate in the spiritual and the natural. Don't try to get your promise to come to pass by only operating in the natural. Don't just operate by your human understanding. No, it's not going to happen that way. You must operate in the spirit. You must birth it in the spirit. The promise is the link between the spirit and what you see is going to happen in the natural. And you need to keep those that order in mind. Hallelujah. Don't limit the fulfillment fulfillment of the promise by not taking it to the king hallelujah when you win in the spirit this is something we've always said you win in the natural why because our victory comes from the lord which means our victory is tied to the spiritual realm first before we're going to see it manifest in our lives here on earth when god spoke the world into existence nothing could be seen he spoke first he activated a spiritual dynamic and then it happened in the natural hallelujah it's the same with us it takes two in the name of jesus you need to address things from the spiritual point of view and not only from the natural point of view remember there's two legs it will be the spiritual component and there'll be what you need to do in the physical realm they work together Amen. Amen. Don't limit your breakthrough. Don't limit your blessings. It's time for the fullness. But when you are faced with promise stealers or you're in a circumstance and it looks like the promise is not going to happen, number one, get wise counsel. Number two, take it to the king. And number three, remember it takes 
two, there's going to be the spiritual side and the action of faith you need to take in the natural. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray in Jesus' name that this will spur you into action, that in Jesus' name, God will give you divine solutions like he gave um, in, in the book of Joshua, like he gave them divine strategies to thwart the illegal activity of the enemy when, they was, when the Israelites were supposed to take um, the land for themselves. I pray God gives you the same divine strategies so that you know whether you need to be marching around in silence and raising a victory cry or whether you need to say, sun stand still. May the Lord give you divine strategies as you take everything to him. In the name of Jesus, receive the blessing today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.